This morning's reading is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, reading verses 4 to 11. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ears its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Amen. And thanks be to God. Today, we're doing a new series in the run-up to the new year. And it's called Travelling Light. What I hope to do over these next few weeks is to remind us that this world is not our home. That there's something better coming. As we travel through life, it's amazing how much of the wrong kind of stuff we end up accumulating. We accumulate hurts. We accumulate junk. We accumulate seeds of discontent that can grow into all sorts of problems and issues. And so over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is talk about letting go of some of that stuff that holds us back and weighs us down so that we can really live the life that honours God and that God wants us to have. So next week we're going to talk about letting go of distractions, then letting go of bitterness, then about letting go of control. Some of you probably want to skip that one because you've got spiritual gift of control freak written all over you. Today... It's about letting go of the stuff that weighs us down. And what I want to suggest is that it is better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. The problem is everything in our culture screams the opposite. Who would have thought 30 years ago that we would have people in our time who were called influencers? People who are making a fortune influencing other people. Now how did they get away with it? They get away with it by saying actually you should be more like me. And look at all this stuff I've got. 
Look at what I'm good at. Look at this product that somebody has given me to advertise to you. And if they're honest, they'll tell you it's an advert. Sometimes, you know, as they do in the films, there's product placement and all of that. But influencers. And people go on because what they see is what they think is the answer to this need that they have. If you go all the way back to the beginning uh, of the Bible, there's a story there where God uh, creates Adam and Eve and they're both with God in the garden and God says to them, you know, just go and enjoy the garden. I'll come and I'll talk to you and I'll walk with you and we'll be together. Go and enjoy it. It's brilliant. Look at all this stuff I've made for you to enjoy. Uh, but there's this one tree. Right? I don't want you to eat that fruit that grows on that tree. And the next thing we hear is, this wee voice goes, did God really say that? I mean, if he said it, did he really mean it? In fact, is that not the very thing that's going to fulfill all your dreams? Why don't you just go and have a wee bit of the fruit? Because that's what you're needing. And it's the same argument that the devil uses today. It's that one thing that you don't have that will make you happy. It's that thing that you saw in the advert just the other day. That's the thing you've been waiting for that's going to just make your life complete. My Lamborghini, for example. You know, if, if one pound is good, two pounds is better. If one holiday is good, two holidays is better. If one car is good, two cars is better. If one child is good, well, let's just leave that one there. <laughs> Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6. One hand full of rest is better than two hands full of work. And trying to catch the wind. One hand full of rest is better than two hands full of work and trying to catch the wind. In other words, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what really does matter. Why? Because your life and my life is too valuable. Our calling is too great. Our God is too good to waste our lives on stuff that does not matter and does not last. Jesus warned about this. In fact, and there's a story about two sons and they were really excited about their inheritance. So in Luke's gospel, in chapter 12, verse 15, he says this, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Watch out. But one warning is not just enough. Watch out. Be on your guard. A double warning. Because Jesus understands that this issue 
is so important and it's so easy to get caught up in that game of wanting more and more and more and so the intensity of the warning should give us pause it's like something's out to get you it must be really dangerous there's something lurking around the corner that could cost you not just a lot but everything and the reality is although I I might think of physical danger when someone says watch out and be in your guard Jesus is showing that something can be equally dangerous to our soul and he says watch out be in your guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions but everything in western culture tells us the opposite why do advertisers advertise if it didn't work you can absolutely guarantee they wouldn't do it our whole culture tells us it's about what we're missing out on there's even a little um, acronym FOMO do you suffer from FOMO fear of missing out but I hope that you understand that you are not what you have you are not what you drive you are not what you wear you are not what you own you are not the stuff that you have the lie is that what you don't have is what it is uh, that, that you need to be happy, to be fulfilled and joyful and cool, to fit in, to feel good about yourself, to be significant, to be important, to be popular, whatever it is, it's that one thing that you don't have that's going to make you all of those things. To make you fulfilled, to make you complete, just give me that one extra thing, that one more thing, just that one. There's, but the problem is there's always one more thing. And so the question for us today is this. What if the stuff that you have is actually robbing you of the life that you want? What if the stuff that you have is actually robbing you of the life that you want? One hand full of rest is better than two hands full of work and trying to catch the wind. So what I'm saying to you today is this is kind of the perfect time of year for this. The time of year when we're just about to run out and buy presents Maybe to buy things for people we haven't spoken to for, well, 20 years <laughs> sometimes. Maybe even longer. Maybe buying presents for people we don't even like. But we feel we kind of have to. And it's about how much do you spend? And how much will they give me? Well, I might need to give them some. And you have all of this angst about what to buy, about what to give, about what to get. 
Or do you buy somebody like my dad who doesn't need anything else? I used to buy him a book, but he's now at the age where he's given his books away. What do you buy? <laughs> you know, he doesn't need it. And yet, there's this thing that comes from our society that says, buy it, buy it, buy it. Just one more, just one more. And so, very quickly, I want to give you three thoughts about what we could call one handful living. Because one handful of rest is better than two hands full of work trying to catch the wind so one handful living first thing we were talking about it this morning I want to encourage you to throw out when you're looking in your wardrobes and in your cupboards throw out as if your life depends on it because it just might Your life doesn't consist in the abundance of the junk that you have in your drawer. And it's not all junk. Or in your closet, or in your attic, or in your garage. I was saying this morning, I've got so many shirts in my wardrobe. And I kept them because one day I might be small enough again to wear them. But even if I lost eight stone, I'm never going to have that on my back. I'm just not. And yet it's sitting there in my wardrobe. Well, this week it's going to a charity shop because somebody somewhere can get the benefit of that that I'm never going to wear. So why am I keeping it? Is your garage like mine? (laughs) So full of stuff you can't even get the car in. And I'm not talking really about just decluttering. I'm talking about de-owning. Getting rid of stuff. I would argue that owning less is much better than organising more. Your life doesn't consist of your stuff. There was a, a man who came to Jesus once that... You know, many of us can relate to. He, he was known as the rich young ruler. He was a young man. Uh, he was a sort of up and coming leader uh, in the community. He had lots of money. The problem with him is that he had lots of stuff, but actually the stuff had him. And so when he said to Jesus, How do I get right with God? he didn't like the answer. Because Jesus knew that this young man had a problem with stuff. And he said to him, you need to go and sell what you have. And give the proceeds to the poor. And then you'll be right with God. And it says the man went away sad. We, we don't know what he did. We're not told if he ever did it, if he ever got right with God. 
You see, you'll have less of the stuff that doesn't matter. And by giving away and blessing other people, you receive more of the stuff that does matter. That young fellow was so into his stuff, his lifestyle, that that Jesus said he went away. And he was sad because he loved what he had more than God. I have to say, too, though, it's not wrong to have things. It's not wrong to enjoy things. But it becomes wrong when you value those things more than God. That's when it becomes wrong. God is a generous God and he blesses his people. And sometimes his blessing means that we have extra things for ourselves, things that we love, things that we enjoy, things that we use. It's not wrong to have nice things, but it's wrong to define our lives by the things that we have. It's wrong when you believe that more stuff is actually what you need to be fulfilled, to be happy, to be pursuing a bunch of rubbish, believing that there's something powerful in it that's going to fulfill your life. Ray said earlier, human beings have a spiritual hole in them that can only be filled by God's goodness and grace. So why do we hold on to so much stuff? Why won't we give it away? Why can't we throw it out? I think there are two reasons that we don't throw things away or give them away. I mean, do you still have VHS tapes and no player? I have CDs and DVDs in the house. Nothing to play them on. But I've got them in the drawer. And see, they're in a drawer, so they don't bother me. But I can't do anything with them. I think there's two reasons. The first one is fear. We're afraid that we might need it in the future. You know, we put it away. I might need that. I might, one day, one day. And I'll know where it is. Of course, the day comes and you never know where it is. But I might need that. I might need that in the future. So I suppose I need to ask, how many of you know somebody like that? Now, I don't want you to point to them because that would be rude. But do you know somebody who, who, who just does not ever put stuff out because it's, oh, well, I might need that. I might need that one day. I might need it one day. Lots of people grew up like that with a kind of poverty mindset I need to save it, I might need it I paid good money for it so I'm not giving it away it's important to me and I wonder if there's something of a lack of faith in that and that instead we should be blessing people with these things when we give that stuff away things that we have kind of said oh we might need that in the future what we're actually saying is well if we need it in the future we'll trust God to provide it today I'm going to bless somebody else another reason I think is sentiment you know this is the first ribbon that I won at school I was four years old or uh, this is my child's first drawing that uh, that she did. You know, she's in primary one, and here's the seventeenth that she did in primary two, and and here's here's the first nappy that my child you know did the business in. You know, that that, that kind of stuff. But don't keep that one because that would be really bad. Right? But but you know you know what I mean. 
It's, it's just this stuff that, 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 that we have this kind of attachment to. There's a lady called uh, Marie Kondo, and she wrote a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Sounds great, or something. But, but when she's talking about sentimental things, actually what she says is to thank them for the purpose that they served in the past and to give them away. Or we would say to bless somebody else with it. To say thank you God for the gift that my college roommate painted for me years ago. I've been blessed by it all these years as a sign of our friendship and now I'm going to bless somebody else. We can keep it. We can let it weigh us down. We cannot bless other people. That's the choice that we we have to, to make. But for me, I want less of the stuff that doesn't matter so that I can more of the stuff that really does. So can we say together the words that are up there on the screen, just as a reminder, one hand full of rest is better than two hands full of work and trying to catch the wind. So that first thing is to throw out. The second thing is to buy less. Just just don't buy it. In the first place, I find that harder. Some of you might say, oh, hang on a minute, it's just been Black Friday. How many billions of pounds were spent across the world on Black Friday? And then you discover none of it is actually a reduction. It's a total and complete con. Do you know? And yet people all over the world are buying into it. And of course, it's Cyber Monday tomorrow. So there's more deals that are not really deals. But people are buying into it, spending a fortune. I don't know if you would admit to going shopping to cheer yourself up. But there's loads of people who do that. Go shopping to cheer yourself up. Ah, oh, I feel a wee bit sad. I'm going to go shopping. Oh! But the problem is so many people end up just getting into more financial difficulty. Because the thought that somehow that shopping, that one thing that they don't have, is going to make them feel better and more fulfilled. It's a form of, of excitement, of entertainment. I want something new. I want something clean. When I go shopping, it makes me feel powerful. It gives me a, a sense of, of significance to buy something that I don't need with money that I don't have to impress people that I don't like. There's something in that that gives a, a, a dopamine rush, a, a high. I mean, there is something. I, I'm not denying that. But it doesn't bring fulfillment and satisfaction. Solomon in Psalm 119 verses 36 and 37 says, Turn my heart towards your statues and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. I I need to pray that all the time. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I may pursue only that which is true. Help me turn my eyes, another way, another version says, away from meaningless things. 
But I want to get to a place in my life where it's so full of the goodness of God that I don't need things to help me feel better about myself. I don't need things to define who I am because Jesus defines my life. Practically, I think it's better to choose experiences over things. We want to enjoy life and to have great memories of experiences rather than things. I mean, what did you get for your fifth birthday? But do you remember Christmas with your granny? Do you remember your Christmas with? Do you remember when you went to? You're much more likely to remember that than playing with the box the Star Wars toy came in. If those of us who have children asked them, what are your favourite childhood memories? Do you think they would say the time that you bought that video game for us? See, if it's not the people and the places and the activities, then there's something slightly amiss. On the other side of that nonsense, there's freedom and there's joy and there's time for relationship. So this year, buy less, look for experiences, make memories, spend time with the people that you love, not the stuff that's worth nothing. And finally, to have the life that really matters I think we need to give more. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who so richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Maybe you're there thinking, I know some rich people, but I'm not a rich people. I work with a rich person, but I'm not a rich person. I've got a friend at university and our parents pay for everything. They're rich people, but I have to have a job. I'm not a rich people. But if you put it in a global perspective, if you drove here today, you are rich people. Among the top 10% on planet Earth. If you have three meals a day, or at least the option to have those, you are Rich, You're in the top 40% of people who are alive today. If you are able to order a pizza on your phone, then you are rich. When you look at the totality of the population of the world today, we are incredibly blessed by what we have. And that verse is not said just to Timothy and his day, but to us in our day. And we need to hear it and feel it and internalize it and embrace it and live it. Command those who are rich, us in our present world, not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put our hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. We're not to feel guilty about being blessed. We're just not to let that nice stuff have us. He says, command those rich people to do good. 
to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves in heaven. Your life doesn't consist in the abundance of stuff. But when you are a blessing to others, when you choose experiences, when you overflow with the goodness of God and you're generous, that's the life that truly is life. Less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. And so here's the last question. Are you accumulating on earth what you cannot keep? Or are you investing in heaven what you cannot lose? Amen.